This is the Grant and Taco Show. Here we go. Welcome to episode five of the Grant and Taco Show. I am your host, Jared Weiss. We have another great episode in store for you. It's me, it's Grant, it's Taco. What else could you ask for in a podcast? This is our fifth episode of our initial six episode run of the show. If you love the show, be sure to let us know using the hashtag Grant and Taco. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Jared Weiss MBA. And of course, you can find this on the Anything is Potable feed on the Athletic podcast network which is available wherever podcasts are sold you have to subscribe to the athletic if you haven't already you can find all my Celtics content on there all of my nba content on there just go to one of my articles and subscribe and you get a 90-day free trial so be sure to take advantage of that while the opportunity lasts so let's dive into the episode number five of the grant and taco show Okay, so what do you think about people saying that Shaq wouldn't be able to play in this era? I don't think I don't know who said that. I don't know who said that. I've yeah, seen it. That. I've seen it on social media. You would see some people say it. Uh, social media is still. Social I know, I know, but I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Like, like I, I feel like that's just. I don't like. I don't. I don't it depends on what. Shaq. I like to curse, but that's the stupidest thing I've. It depends I've on what Shaq you're talking about. You're talking about Lakers Shaq, about, Orlando Shaq. He's playing in this league easily. I'm talking, talking about. about Celtic Shaq, nah, we're not, Cavalier Shaq. That's that's the end of his career. You can't. No, that's the end of his career, bro. You can't talk about that. That's true. I'm saying, but I'm saying, like, if you're talking about Lakers Shaq, oh, he's dominating. Just because, like, he didn't have a flip, like a switch. He was flipping on and off that one especially, night. Especially one night, he was dominating. Every especially game right now. 20. Especially right now, and like how the game is being played right now is. Shaq would just kill people. Well, I think for one, Shaq would be way more of a pick and roll guy, right? Which, I mean, I thought that about Dwight Howard. He started to be a pick-and-roll guy, destroyed the league, and then he stopped after that because he didn't feel like it. So who knows? But presumably Shaq would be in pick-and-roll. It would probably score 35 a night just off of that. But like, there's... Especially young Shaq. Young Shaq, Orlando Shaq was playing kind of like that. Yeah. He was playing with Trace McGrady. He was playing the, the athletic... Or Penny Hardaway. Or, sorry, sorry, Penny Hardaway. Dang, yeah, not, too, not too different, Did I say Trace McGrady? Yeah. Uh, you did say Tracy McGrady. Oh wow, that's a. That's what you talking about, Yao Ming? You're probably born when Tracy McGrady I was, was on the Magic. Probably yeah. born when that happened. Uh, it's all right. I called true. Brandon Bailey Ben Bailey back. So uh, yeah, really. that's true. That's true. Name <laughs> name slipped in mind. Maybe I didn't think of Penny because you know we beat him at Memphis. But um, uh, with Penny, he was playing running up and down the court. He was light. He was a, he was athletic. He was dunking on guys. They were a great transition team. transition team. And then Lakers, he was the post player. He was still playing kind of similar, but they were playing triangle. He was having the ball in his hands. So it's kind of like how times change. Like Dwight Howard went from being Superman to then he wanted to start playing with his back to the basket, shooting right-hand hooks, left-hand hooks. And now he's back to being super. Now he's a downhill pick-and-roll threat. Downhill pick-and-roll, shot-blocking threat. I I think Shaq – I feel like Orlando Shaq is probably pretty similar to what Giannis is, at least as a scoring threat. I mean, Giannis uh, I, don't I, was, I was too young for that, you know. I, yeah. I, I gotta watch them. Film I mean, I was like, I was like five years old when they were making the five. <laughs> so, yeah, but like, I obviously gone back and watched a lot of film of it. And Shaq with the fluidity that he moved with, I think there could have been a lot of similarity 
to the way Giannis is utilized. He definitely now. wanted to handle the ball like he did. Yeah. Remember those All Star Game videos of Shaq trying to put uh tween cross tween tween behind. I could see Taco doing stuff like that. Oh, I, I I told I, I was I was just joking with um uh, my teammates in Maine. They were like Taco, were you gonna shoot a three? I say I'm shooting the three before before I'm done here. Like just just it's coming. <laughs> It's coming. It's Three coming. Three point talk is coming. Maybe, I think maybe. Irm's going to run out there and tackle you. Maybe next game. If Irm tried to tackle Taco, he might run into a knee tackle. I'm going to Irm going to hurt himself trying to tackle him. You know, like, when 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 you're on the floor and somebody tried to pick you up, so, like, every time, because so, sometimes when, when I'm, like, about to check in in the game, Irm walk towards me, like, trying to tell me something. And then I'd be asking him to, like, help me get up. You know, like, when you help someone get up, you're supposed to pull them, right? When I get up, I pull Irm towards me. I'm like, Irm, that's not how you're supposed to do it. You're supposed to stand your ground and help me up. But then every every single time, I like, I reach out to him, and then I'm asking him to help me get up. Instead, I'm pulling him towards me, and, like, both of us almost fall down, like, fall down every single time. That's funny. My my dad is obsessed with telling me. I'm sure he's listening right now. He's obsessed with telling me that the key, that he learned in gym class back in like the '60s that you're supposed to put the outside of your foot against their foot when you're pulling somebody up, and you use that as like the fulcrum to leverage them up. And I, it works pretty well. Must I'll give some, him credit. That's some very '60s stuff no. for you to say right there. But I'm trying Just to know. In that big in that big living room, I'm getting a big screen in that thing. You're getting a big screen. You're getting an 80 inch TV. It's funny because you got you got to because I got this. It's like 64. I should have got the 77. I'm getting a big screen, and I already have a TV. So in the, I'm a big TV guy. Like I don't like he. You probably been around me enough Mm -hmm. to know. Like I'm not a. I don't go out a lot. You don't. Yeah. At all. Like the most the most I've been out is. Has been like being around them because around who around 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 the team the team yeah, yeah there yeah. you go Not around me. the team you actually went because I feel me. like if I don't if I don't go it's like I, I feel like I'm just trying to be on the side and I I want to you know I've, I've gone a, out less than you have and you've been here way less than I have really <laughs> yeah no every every time they went out I was like yeah I go like Taco you going yeah I come it's like because I've never done it it's. I've always been by myself a lot, but I still kind of am. So, like, when I'm in Maine, like, you will never catch me outside. Yeah, the only good. times, the only time I'm outside is we have practice. I go to practice or I'm going downstairs to pick up my food. And most of the time I ask them to bring it up or, like, I drive to go, like, pick up some food from, like, Cracker Barrel or something like that. But then I'm always in my room. So I go into the hotel and I'm huge on TVs. Like if I go somewhere, the TV has to be really nice because I'm on the 24-7. I looked at the TV. I'm like, nah, this is not going to cut it. Next what kind of TVs are you getting up in Portland? Um, the hotel has like a, it was very small. It was attached to the wall. And like, it was like a flat screen, but like old school flat screen. And then it was just very small. I'm like, nah, this is not going to cut it. Next day, went to Walmart, buy me a... I remember that. <laughs> I think my TV is probably bigger than yours. Uh, it might be. Because I told I I should have got the 77. Like, I like was debating. Big, this, this TV is actually the most expensive thing, expensive thing in this apartment. Which is... Well, this is crazy. With how much your TV costs, my, my, like, my TV looks better. 
And I'll buy the way cheaper. Ah, it definitely does look better. Uh, no, I mean like the, the, I mean game mode right the now. quality. You haven't seen the, the true quality. We're now the switching TV. the light sensor off. My TV looks better. And I was lucky too. It was on, uh, I had a discount that day. I think I bought it for probably maybe $200, $300. What kind of TV did you get? It was, I don't remember. Like a Samsung or something? It's not a Samsung. It's like, probably maybe, like a VCL. Maybe probably a VCL. Yeah. They get all the awards though now for like best but like best value TV. It's well, probably they're really good. It's a TCL, I think. It's probably I think it was probably VCR. All I know is I got the best yeah. TV on the market right now, rated. So look at this room. Number one play. Okay, so since this is on the screen, what what was going through your mind? This is me sounding like a reporter oh, now. I would tell going you your mind watching JT miss that free throw and Jalen Brown hitting the buzzer. Beater. I would tell you what happened. I had a game yesterday, so. I left Portland right after the game. I went back to the room and then I um, got my bags and everything. So I was driving and then all of a sudden my agent texted me like, did you see what happened? Like, That's you, not a good text again. Like, what are you talking about? Like, I'm driving. <laughs> that's, that's a scary that's text. A scary text. I'm, yeah. I'm driving and then I put two and two together. I'm like, oh, the game is going on. I was checking the score. Why? I mean, I'm a safe driver. First of all, I wouldn't want to. This was all hands free. Yeah. So I'm, I checked, I checked the score and then I saw it was like, this, we, were, we were down by three. I was like, oh, damn, it's game over. JT at the free throw line. I mean, if he makes the, if he miss, he has to miss the free throw. Somebody has to get a rebound and make a three. Like, what's the odds of that happening? You know, and I'm like, you know what? I'm going to stop the car and watch the game. So uh, there was like a rest area. I drove there, pulled out. Uh, go NBA League Pass, check it over time. Like, no way. Like, what happened? Went on Twitter and saw that play, and that was crazy. I lost my shit. That was crazy. And then, and then, then I almost, I almost threw my phone out the window after um, James Harden. <laughs> and that, that for, do you think it was a foul? For which play? When Tice? Tice. Yeah. It was oh, yeah. You fouled him. But Marcus had smart. Marcus had the rebound. Like. All we had to do was secure. I don't know that. how he fell. I haven't seen the film of whether or not he, uh, he pushed. He he. So um, I don't know who was on his right. He was trying to steal the ball, and James Harden was behind him. I think he got bumped a little bit, and then James Harden poked the ball, I uh, like from behind out of his hand, and just. But yeah, it was a foul on Tice for sure. I agree. And the L two M report came out and said that it was correct. So. Yeah, because it'd be different if Tice kept both his hands up, but his left arm came down and smacked him on the shoulder. But if he had kept both his hands up. It would have been great defense, no foul, but his arm came down, smacking at the ball, which was not something you, should, you wouldn't normally would have done. Like it was a good right play to make because James Harden normally would have just dipped his shoulder. I feel like Harden usually would have gotten that foul call regardless. Regardless, of, but yeah. it happens. Yeah. You know, you know what's coming. He does a good job of creating contact. Yeah, he's one of the best created contact guys in the league. Well, what did what did you do in that game to? be able to avoid fouling him, especially because your defensive style usually is, you know, heavy, like, chest and torso contact. Oh, we, we used to make fun of Grant in the beginning of the season. Every time we're sitting on the bench, and then every time Grant was gone in the perimeter, he was always sticking his stomach out. And that's, that's, that used to be so funny, like, watching him from the it's side. Just, it's just honestly, and then he used to get – he used, every single time he did it, he was called for a foul. Do you remember that in yeah, the beginning of the season? Because it – it's crazy because that's that's how you're supposed to play defense now. You're not allowed to use your hands. Yeah. So you have to use your. But body. then no, but no. A, but a, it's like a, you you gotta. 
It's like there's a fine line to it. It's, you it's, you you're supposed to slide your feet and kind of retreat, but Grant would like bump into gotcha. them. So yeah. like the the argument for a guy like myself who's necessarily a stronger defender is like guys can create the contact with me and I'm supposed to absorb it. But you don't. They bump. They, but they if bounce I, off. If you. I were to stand them up, it's a foul. They bounce off you. Yes, because that fly. happens to me a lot. Because if you stand them up, you you hold your base stuff like that. They just bump off you and fly five that, feet out the that way. Happens, that happens. So like in terms of like guarding a guy like Trey Young, you kind of have to give him space because if you don't and he bumps into you, he's gonna fall. He's gonna go down easy. Yeah. It's not like you have that control. So like finding the balance of being close enough to defend while also being further and further away to absorb contact is difficult. And that's where I, in the beginning of the season, especially you're kind of just doing your thing, thinking you're guarding normally. Like you can, you're allowed to do this. You're, you went sideways. He came into you, so it shouldn't be a foul. But you don't realize that kind of your strong defenders have necessarily a disadvantage in the league just because of it looks like a foul. It's going to look like one. Even if it's not a foul, it'll look like one. So – uh, finding that balance. Like a lot of times a foul that may be called on a stronger defender won't be called on another one because they're like, oh, there's no way he could have bumped you off your path like that. That's why I got like Marcus Smart, who is necessary a stockier guy. And when he does things like bumps into somebody and flies or sweeps his arms up and he gets fouled, they don't give him the call because it's like it wasn't significant enough contact for you to be able to lose the ball like that. You probably just flopped. And that's kind of how which, it's perceived. Which is happening. Uh, occasionally, but a lot of guys flopping. But it's funny you use him as an example because Smart and I were just talking about this like a week or two ago about <coughs> how uh, he was really frustrated after that, um, the road trip where it was OKC and then Houston. Mm-hmm. And he just like, he just went public with it after. He was like off the record after OKC and the public in Houston because he was so frustrated about how he feels, and I, and going back to the film, he's right about, you know, I'd say 70% of them, about his frustration. And this is probably something the league needs to clear up is that he is backpedaling, keeping his arms up, and trying to take the contact with his chest. And the offensive player, like Harden, for the most part, is throwing his shoulder into him, and then they're calling the foul on the defender. But there's like there's there's literally nothing you can do at that point. You're doing all the th- – you're not impeding their progress. You're not hitting with your arms. So you're doing all the things that they're telling you you can't do, and then you're still not getting the benefit of the doubt in that situation. And I don't really know what the solution is besides that it's just it's not being called fairly. The argument is a legal guarding position. So, like, for example, when guys are driving on the perimeter and they give you kind of a quick shoulder bump, and if your hands are back and stuff like that, you can't not pull back or, like, stand them up. Because if you stand him up, it's going to be a foul on you. So then you fly. I remember earlier this year, <laughs> D'Angelo Russell drove me on the off the wing, Minnesota, took a dribble, hit me, and I flew across the court because I knew if I I, I knew if I had stood him up, it would have been a foul. So I just kind of went with it, and he got wide open layup. So that's the argument as a legal de- defender. Like I can't take a charge there because I'm not in quote legal guarding position, and able to take a charge or. And the contact is not like he fell off balance because he was so out of control, th- ran me over. So it's like all you can do is hopefully hope that he misses the layup. And that's the argument I think that Smart is making. And it's difficult, especially like you kind of look at guys like, for example, a call that is made a lot now is when guys sweep the arms up through somebody's hand. And, the, and it's, a, it's technically a foul because the arm is out and 
arm came through and came across your arms. And James Harden's really, really good at it. He's he's one of the ones that actually started when he started extending the ball, euro stepping, and then laying the ball with through a, through contact. And you look at Romeo last night against the Rockets. He got the call eventually, but it was a late call because I don't know where that that that's where the discretion we're talking about is that a foul or is it not a foul? Like Romeo drove two dribbles, did the same thing, smacks. You heard the smack, and. Brad literally went irate, and then they called the foul. So it's kind of like that discretion, which which one's a foul, which one's not a foul, where's the standard line is what I think guys are so concerned with. Like, is it for a certain player? Is it on a player-by-player -player basis? Is it by amount of contact? Like, same way when James Harden kicks his leg out, kicks his leg out on a shot. JT got a flagrant foul for kicking out his leg, kicking guy in the groin, correct? And... Next thing you know, James does the same thing, kicks his leg out, kicks somebody, but since it's not in the groin, it's not called. So your argument is, if it's the same, since the rule is you're not allowed to kick your leg out on a shot, should that be called no matter how much the contact is or not? So it's like there's a gray area in certain calls of that source where guys are getting frustrated. So a guy may create that contact, dip his shoulder, and we fat, like you go into your chest and it's a foul. And then you do the same thing, and you fly back, and it's not a foul. So that's where they're trying to get the consistency. And no one's perfect, so there's no fault on the referees or by any means. It's a matter of clarification is where guys are getting more frustrated. Talk, you experience that you know, in your roles. You're either dropping and pick a roll or you're defending by the rim. Do you have Are there any like areas or gray areas that you're still trying to figure out? I mean, I get – like what he said about people bump, bumping into him and then just falling off, that happens to me a lot. Um, I, the last time it happened, I think it was we played against the Raptors, and then I did a pretty good job, like sliding my feet, and then he kind of like just dipped his shoulder, but he's the one that kind of fell back, and that was a foul on me. So it's like, how do you – I just don't know. Like, what do you want me to do? Do you want me to just flop? Where, it, I mean, if I take a charge, personally, I feel like if I ever take a charge, it's always going to be a block. block. Yes, yeah. it is. I don't they, think anyone's going to be ever. They're going to be like, oh, what? There's he's no this, way he this got big guy. There's, yeah, there's no way. There's no way this big guy is just going to just, like, that's not going to happen. And I'm going to end up getting hurt. So, like, I, I get I get what you're saying about that. It's, it's hard. And I think we should make a blanket statement for Kiki Vanaway and everybody at League Ops that, there has, I think I'm the only one that's ever that made a criticism of the refs. Yes, and I didn't know criticism. Both players whatsoever. did not make any criticisms, and they just explained how they're trying to navigate figuring it out, which is something that I appreciate you guys talking about because it's like uh, players generally only talk about this stuff in the post game pressers where it's like quick questions. Uh, oh, I will. I have. The moment. I asked. I asked a few times after um, after like some G League games. Like, do you get fined in the in the G League for talking about refs? And they're like, oh, we don't know. So I'm like, okay, so I'm just going to shut it. I don't think you want to find out. I don't want to say, definitely don't find out. I don't <laughs> but, like, it's it's hard, but I understand because, I mean, it's the, we all in the G League for a reason. I'm there to get better as a player. The coaches are there to get better as coaches. The referees are there because they have things they're learning them, like, as well. But I'm, I would be lying if I say that in some cases it's not frustrating. Um, especially because, like, 
for me, speaking of like my personal experience, I get beat up like a lot. Like people just hang on my arms, like kick me, like hit my knees, like hit my hands. And sometimes the ref is, you know, sitting right there and then they they would come to me after the fact and like, oh, you got fouled there. Like, I know I got fouled. Why didn't you call it? Like back then you wait till after the play, you come to tell me I got fouled. So like, but then the thing is, I can't play that physical against other people. Cause like, for, for example, I think it was against um, Gogo. Mm-hmm. Um, like I was getting fouled a lot and then I got frustrated because they weren't calling it. So I started to play more aggressive and I picked up two offensive fouls because I just like, I was just being more assertive. Like I ran down the court and all I did was just get into his body and post and he fell off. Like I just, I didn't even like push him or anything. I just went and posted like foul. And then it just, it happened so many times where I'm like, I understand I'm a big guy, but what do you want me to do? You want me to play soft, which I'm not going to do. But if I play the way I'm supposed to play, I'm bigger than everybody. So, of course, it's going to look like, you know, I'm pushing, but I'm not. I'm just playing the way I'm supposed to play. And if people foul me also, it may not look, because I'm bigger, it may not look like it, but I'm getting fouled. So why aren't you calling it? And then I figured, like, sometimes they just, maybe they want they don't want the game to slow down or something because they can basically call a foul pretty much every time down the floor. So, it's by discretion. So, like... That's why I always kind of look at the referees like, sure, it may is, it probably is a foul. Like, there's times where you set a screen and a guy will throw a shoulder into your chest or throw a shoulder into your chin, and you'll be frustrated. It's happened to me a bunch of times where I'm like, I set that screen legally. He's not allowed, he's not legally allowed to throw himself into me. If I had fallen back and flopped, I could have got fined, or it could have been way worse. Or if I had gone back at him and tried to set a harder screen, it would be opposite of foul. So that's where the like the discretion of the referee, you're kind of like picking and choosing, understanding how the game is being refereed, how it's getting called. And it can be frustrating because you are questioning what how how each game is going to be. Because some games they'll allow this, other games they won't. Oh, yeah. Like some so games just, they will call every single thing. So it's just a matter of consistency and understanding the game. And no ref is the same, just like no player is the same. Some player's screen might look like it's legal, but it might be the most illegal screen ever. So that's kind of how the that's why I say the sport of basketball is that difficult. You look at a sport of football or a sport of of other other sports, you can get away with certain things because the rules are so set. Like a pass interference is a pass interference. Like you put your hands on them, it's a, it's a pass interference. Like just because you put your hands on somebody on a steer in basketball trying to switch, doesn't necessarily mean it's going to be a foul. That's why Houston, when they switch, they always connect and have their hands on you, shove you. But the next, you know, you might do it in another game, it might be a foul. So it's kind of like you have to see how games are being played. Typically, the aggressor gets the benefit of the doubt. I mean, it's, it's tough, but I, I, get, I get frustrated more than you think. But, like, at the same time, I, I, I just, it's like you got to understand this. I mean, they don't do it on purpose. I, mean, I don't think anybody makes a bad call on purpose. It's just. It, well, I mean, look, I remember back in, like, probably the late 2000s, this was a topic of discussion a lot surrounding Dwight and LeBron because both of them started kind of publicly talking about how 
you know, people see us as these kind of super athletes they've never seen before. And so they see us finishing through contact like it's nothing, but it still hurts. And like, it's still, it's still like, our, they should still be calling fouls every single time. Cause a lot of the time you'll see LeBron rise up and like you see a hand smack him on the forearm and you're not, you don't think of anything of it, but like, yeah, that's a, clearly a foul. And so like, especially for you, it's like, I see a lot of the time you'll do like a rip through move and you get hit like 20 times and they don't call anything. But it's like it doesn't seem like it's really impeding you. So that's the question is like what I'd be a huge, a huge part of the ref's job is to gauge like what contact is actually impeding somebody. Because if you flick somebody with your pinky finger, technically you're hitting them on the arm. But like <laughs> it doesn't actually impede their progress. Yeah. It doesn't actually affect exactly. That's the I've got I've got more text than you would imagine. <laughs> like that's I'll, the whole impeding I'll, progress I'll, angle I'll, where it's like it's difficult because like I might be sliding to the same spot as you. And we hit the same spot, and you fly. And I stay the same. Did I impede your progress, or did you flail? That's the argument. So, like, it's difficult to gauge sometimes, especially with the bigger guys. Like, you smacked them in the arm. Okay, yeah, but did, it, did the ball move? Did it, like, he, he still has the ball in his hand. He didn't turn to look at me, so can be a foul. Like, there's certain guys who will do it, You'll hear it, he'll look at the referee, then the ref will call it. Like a guy will get hit in the face. They'll keep playing, but once he throws his head back, they'll call it. And do, do you think that call is like the ref seeing this actually affected him, or is it the ref seeing like I'm being put on the spot? I got being be put on it's kinda like you put him on the spot. And that's where I think it's a disadvantage for referees because like if you know how to play the game the right play the game, you're able to sell anything. Like certain guys like Will flail like they'll have they'll lock somebody's arm on a on a rebound. They'll go under, lock it, and next thing you know, the ball will come off, and they'll pull their arm up like, "Oh, he's holding me." And then the referee's putting a spot where he's either going to call it because he didn't see the guard, guy initially hold him, or he's going to let it go. And the next thing you know, the coach and is going to be sent in, and it's going to be a repercussion on him. So like the Chris Paul technique, as we call it, it's, <laughs> it's, it's, it's a it's a it's you deceive as much as you want to be deceived. I feel like. In the league, you kind of play the game, and people get argue, argue like, is it basketball? Like, is the guy flopping really basketball? Like, well, in that moment, it is because he's taking advantage of the situation. He knows the rules. Like, and I remember in college, we played Vanderbilt. Story real quick, and it's we're a down. Podcast, by, so feel free to tell us. <laughs> we're down by six against Vanderbilt, or eight. So yeah, six in the last minute against Vanderbilt in the game, and. uh there's a rule in college that had just been in place in effect that if you hook and hold a defender or a rebounder, it's an immediate technical foul. Two shots and the ball. And for me, knowing that, we're shooting. The ball goes in the air. I raise my hands like I'm going for a rebound. Somebody pulls my arm down with their, with their arm. It looks like a hook. So I immediately say, hey, you got to look at it. You got to look at it. Like they call a foul, yes. But then I say, you have to look at it. You have to look at it. And for some, they may be like, that's that's a basketball play, move on. But by rule, they have to look at it. So next thing you know, they look look at it, flagrant one, two shots and the ball, immediate. And that's an immediate game changer. Because now we're down by four instead of six. We take it out of bounds. We score again. We're down by two. We end up sending that game to overtime and winning. And to this day, Vanderbilt fans hate me because of that. Same way I went for a rebound, a guy undercuts me, and I kind of flail. It's like kind of smart, smart flailed against um, Kyle Corver. 
and <laughs> the greatest flop in NBA the greatest history. flop in NBA history, and you get the foul call because it's like they're not permitted to do that, right? They're not permitted to throw their body into you unless it's a foul. They can make the contact, initiate it, but they can't purposefully throw their shoulder or something like that and make it over aggressive. Over there's a bat, maybe I can make it a basketball play. So if you know the rules, you take advantage of them. Kyle Lowry is a great guy when it comes to that because a guy will literally take his head, like when Ennis dips his head and, and kind of throws people out the way, some guys flop, even if they're in a restricted area. If the primary ball handler has the ball and you're the primary defender in the restricted area, you could take a charge. It's, it's those rules that make the player so great. That's why Kyle Lowry is one of the best defenders on the Raptors and you might say perimeter defenders and, and post defenders guards in the league. Testings again tomorrow, bro. Which ones? Remember the one we did before training camp? Yeah. So it's, we did the, the sprint, start with the deck, so then the sprints, the weight room test, the yo yo's. I'm not yo-yo. trying to do the yo yo test. Why? Why do you have to do it? I don't know. They're trying to test your physicality. See yeah, you, you prob- they probably need another baseline reading. They're trying to see if you improved. Because if you did, the next thing you know, they're like, all right, we'll give them the contract. If not, then. I'm really trying to think what I should do with my apartment. I'm going to decorate this shit out of that apartment. I'm put, I don't know where I can find one, but I'm going to try to find a big, like, Naruto portrait. Probably online. On Probably online. Or someone can make it. Bet you if you tweeted somebody. To... I'm about to tweet it right now. I'm about Let's to say, tweet. If you tweeted and said you're looking for a Naruto portrait, whether it's um, Shippuden, just him in nine tails form or sage mode or there's gonna Sasuke. be so many people out there there's gonna be so many people that would be happy to make it and get it to you just so that you either post it or give them a shout and next thing you know you have one on the wall that's just amazing because i remember one time i asked somebody to make a mixtape for basketball and i found the best video i could ever find it was it was amazing that's the power of social media nowadays that's why so many rappers are allowed to put a beat out let me see. You know, they're making millions of dollars. Wait, so what should I tweet? Anyone? Anyone? Any great artists out there that could make me a Naruto mural for my new apartment? For my new apartment wall. Do you want to have like a big frame thing, or do you want someone to literally paint a mural on your wall? I mean, can you do that? I wouldn't. I wouldn't do that. I would not do that. <laughs> you have to pay. Be, I mean, you could do it, it as long easier. as you return the walls sparkling white, right? I was about to say you could, as long as you paint it over it, you'd be fine. But I'm not doing. I'm sure that. you could get permission to do that. Yeah, because like I put holes in the walls. Like yeah, it's just a paint job. You just paint over it when you leave. Yeah, so it's a matter of which or you leave it and they. But then you'd have they, people, they, they raise someone, the rent by a thousand dollars. Then someone would have time. to come to your house or your apartment and paint it on your wall. If you do a paint job, like you guys to actually have that person come do it. That'd be cool, though. Random if person. actual mural on your wall. But a random person that you have no idea who they are coming to your house. Well, just wear a bulletproof vest. You should be okay. Bulletproof vest, headgear. <laughs> <laughs> just have a, have a bunch of bodyguards. And they know there your address you. for the rest of the time and yeah. they leak it. I don't know if well, I this was the that. guy that was handing out phone no- his phone number before Ennis told him to stop. That is very true. That's my favorite. My single favorite taco story is that <laughs> when I was giving out a phone number, <laughs> but there's a trick to it. What's the trick? I got two phones. 
Wow. The one for the plug-in one. So load, obviously. The the one the, the so the one that you know we call yes. And then the other one, some people have it, but then if I don't know the number, I usually don't answer. You know, there's a way to block unknown numbers on your phone now. Really? So you can literally like have if it's not saved, it can't call you. Hmm. I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. Interesting. I mean, I don't think you should do it just because you never know. You never know how urgent something is. Yeah. You never know. Now I'm wondering which phone number do I have? Do I have the good phone number or the bad phone number? <laughs> Jeez, I don't remember either. He generally have, responds to my text. I have, both day, phone, so. I have both phone numbers. So oh, I don't really? know oh, which so one special. I'm texting. Yeah. Like same way Gordon has one number and one number is in the group chat. Gordon still has no idea which phone he's texting. Which, like, <laughs> I know Gordon's on the phone that uh, I don't remember. Like I'll see Gordon's text. I'll be like, oh, man, you texted the wrong phone. <laughs> I think Gordon's probably too busy at home to be able to keep track of. Exactly. Gordon could care less about which phone I'm using. We'll have to have Gordon and all the kids on the show at some point. That would be hilarious. (laughs) That would be really hilarious. Daddy's always happy. All right. Well, that is going to do it for this week's episode of the Grant and Taco Pod. Uh, If you got a little confused there, uh, they had to get some testing done the day after we had our original recording at the beginning of March which uh, turned out to be pretty much nothing. It was not related to the COVID-19. It was just regular uh, fitness level stuff. Uh, and of course, we talked a lot about that Rocket game that ended up, ended up in a loss for the Celtics, but was definitely one of the most really memorable NBA games of the year. But that's going to do it. We have one more episode of the initial run coming for you on the Anything is Potable feed next week. So be sure to stay tuned to the Grant and Taco Show on the Athletic Podcast Network. Sango, take us out of here. I'm not